This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Rose and Jamie are two best friends And they love sex and the city And they couldn't help but wonder Do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Charlotte Cosmos, Scrunchies, so Every little dude, all the dudes And we couldn't help but wonder Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee and I'm Rose Cerno. Amazing. And this is Couldn't, Couldn't Help But Wonder, a podcast where we talk about sex and the city and how it relates to, to us. us. Hello, hello, hello. Who were you this week, my friend? Hi, James. Hi. Um, who was I this week? Uh, well, I'm going to go second. Tell me who you were this no, week. No, you always make me go first. That's not fair. You okay, have to fine. go. I'm forcing it. Okay. Um, I think I'm a classic carry this week because I'm like debating how many details to go in. I think I'm going to keep it like a little vague. Ooh. But I had this little whirlwind experience with a young man mm-hmm. who's older than me. And it's funny because like Carrie – He's exactly the opposite of big. Like Carrie, the thing that Carrie can't get away from would never seduce me. Like a rich <laughs> Wall Street guy who's like a Republican who like eats red meat. Like I would literally like snooze a lose. I um my little kryptonite is like truly brilliant, cerebral, introverted, like lonely man on an, his own island who like doesn't need a soul. Mm-hmm. And so I met a guy like that recently, and we had, like, incredible chemistry, obviously. Yes, yes. And, um, yeah, it just is obviously wrong, uh, and I have a huge crush on him. So and I told my sister about it, and she's like – Yeah, what did she say? Well, because basically we had this really wild date that went and was just, like, a really interesting experience. And during the date, I told him, I was like, this seems bad. I'm anxious. You're avoidant. Like – this was the first date. Yeah, because yes. I could tell really quickly that yes. he was too um, too emotionally distant for me, even though he was, like, absolutely riveting, definitely the smartest person I've ever met. And then, of course, we, like, made out and had great chemistry. And then, then a couple days later, he wrote, and he was like, you're beautiful. You are so much fun. I had a great time. But I think you're right. I think mm. that this is going to be a really hard match. And I could just see myself disappointing you and trying and failing you and it it being really hard for both of us. And let's just end on a high note. And I wrote him back and I was like, you know what? I was having the same feeling. You're so fabulous. We had such a great time, but now we're adults and we can move on. 
And then he was like, it's so hilarious that we both had a great time and are agreeing to never do it again. And I was like, yeah, that is pretty funny. But, you know, we're older, we're wiser, we're learning from our mistakes. And then, of course, a week later, we hang out and, like, have another great time. Yes. And then he goes off. I'm saying yes, guys, only because I do know. Jamie and I, I, I are do know the story. She knows, she knows. Yes, yes, yes. So then he, he goes off and I'm like, oh, my God, I have a crush on him. And I was talking to my sister and she just pulls no punches. She's like, what's the deal? I mean, he told you he can't. Like, he literally told you that he can't do this. What do you even, what, it, like, what do you mean? You know, she just kind of, like took me out of the bath and like slapped a fish across my face. I hear. Okay. So the only reason that I, well, I would, I have the same sense to want to do that. The only reason I am slightly You're putting the fish back. The only the reason paper. I am putting, I'm wrapping the fish back up in all of its blood and juices <laughs> is because I think that the fact that he reached out and was so thoughtful. Did I in, read you the whole time? Yes, you did. Right. He was the one who instigated that huge, that huge conversation, right. which is not easy to do. And I thought it took a lot of not just guts, but maturity to and reject me. It wasn't a rejection. It was more of like you. You were the one who brought it up I and know. he was hearing you. Yes. And he also for the listeners, he also it was so beautifully written. I know. And He's I know that that those are the guys not that the I point. Like. But I was like, this guy's a wordsmith. He is gifted he's verbally. an award-winning artist that makes incredible yes. art and like, i and but again he was so thoughtful in his response and i appreciated the fact that he instigated it and there is something interesting to me about the fact that this we'll call it a rejection text if you want the rejection text made both of you kind of like each other more I think it bonded you. I do. Because it is. We were the, already bonded. You were bonded, but it was the reason you hung out again. It started like a dialogue. And there's something in my mind where I go, I think that whether you're talking about rejection or you're talking about something more classically positive, let's say. <laughs> There, rejection isn't quote unquote classically no, it's positive. It's not classically positive. I think that's one of our quotes. I, yes. I like it. Um, but no, the fact that you guys were talking and communicating and being honest with each other, yeah. it did bond you on some level. I'm not talking about where sure. this is going to go. And I think your sister's point is, you know, she's your sister and she's doing the right thing and saying all of well, that. Well, she's just kind of like, she's like a manic pixie dream boy, somebody that's brilliant and bizarre and fascinating. That of course they're charming. Of course you have a crush on them. That's what the whole thing is. I does is I haven't met him, but he doesn't strike me from what you've told me as a manic pixie dream boy. Well, the only reason I think he is is because well, here's the thing. Are we bonded? Yes. Do we have amazing chemistry? Yes. Does he like me and have a huge crush on me? Yes. yes. And I do on him as well. The problem is that the most important thing to me is that somebody is available. And he's saying that he doesn't know that and he that can't be. And that is the thing that is the most not him. Right. He's not very emotional. And so I remember what my old therapist said. You can find somebody that is the funniest, smartest, best looking, most successful person. And if they don't make you feel secure and safe and that they're there for you, you're going to be miserable. It doesn't matter how funny and smart and cool someone is if they're not there for you. There for you is number one and everything else is after that. Right. I think the only re look, I I don't want to give I don't want to be a contrarian. I just get nervous about 
the mentality of writing on the wall when we haven't really seen this unfold. And by the way, I'm not saying stay in something too long. I'm saying like... See what happens. I think there's a healthy degree of see what happens where you don't feel like you're wasting your time. You know what the problem is, Jamie, is I've just been with guys... Like, if this was a first time around, I, I know, think I'd be more I open. I, I think know. as you get older, when you start to recognize a type, it's a lot harder to be like, this is how I feel. I'm definitely not putting any energy into it anymore. Yes. If anything, it has to be from him. And I have to be very clear about, like, if anything is going to happen, like, you have to put effort into this. You have to put energy. Sure. And, like, this has to be. But, like, another thing is the last time I saw him, we, like, he slept over. We like we didn't have sex. We just like made out all night and like cuddled and had like this great right. time. And he left Friday morning. Didn't hear from him that whole day. And then he went to Hawaii on Saturday. And I haven't heard from him since. So mm-hmm. it's like already it's things. We're not in a relationship. It's fine. I'm not. I tri- know what you mean. I would be the same way. I would be like I'm not even tripping out. But I know I, you're not. But I do I feel like I'm being shown like yep. This is what I have to offer. Totally. Is be the same being way. close to you and then not being in touch. Right. And that's the number one thing well, that I need. Here's here's the way I see it. It could go one of two. Well, obviously it could go one of two. Tell ways. me it what could, you think. And then Skylar, I'm curious to know what you well, think after. I think that it could go. I guess what I'm saying is. Him being able to initiate that kind of conversation with you and then the two of you hung out again and you were very snuggly and it was very like warm and cozy and you did say it felt safe when you were with him. I think it could go one of two ways. It could be that he's someone who is willing to have these conversations and there might be... I'm really looking into this. You're I want to let you know I am really digging for possibilities here. Is it because you know that I like him? No, because I'm going to give you both scenarios. Okay, tell me. One scenario is you are this breath of fresh air that has come into his life. You're very confident. You're very self-aware. You're very self-assured. He might not have had that in his previous relationship because I know you were... Can I, am I allowed to say this part? That you said that there was... Oh, he said his, He said I remind him yes, of his ex and that's that what she's I open to bring and up. joyful. I think he likes girls like me. I don't that think I'm part, the first. That, that, I'm, not, I'm not debating that his ex wasn't open and joyful, but I don't know that... I don't know anything about her. She might not have had the quality that you have of saying the things you said That's on a true. first That's date. That's true. That's wild. That takes balls. Yeah. And the fact that you start, you both are starting from a place of this is my deal, this is my deal. It could go one of two ways. It could go, he uses that, those terms as a way to justify shitty his behavior. distance and shitty behavior. I told you I was or, distant. Yeah. Or... He goes, wow, it's kind of refreshing that I was able to state what I'm not able to give. And then he actually is in, is able to give it because he's been given. It's almost like the boundaries allow you to be more free, you know, like because you've given him these parameters, he can relax within them. Those are the two routes I see happening where he either uses it as a crutch and a get out of jail free card or he actually feels somewhat liberated because you guys had such a nice, open, communicative dialogue from the beginning which did warrant a second date after you guys just said you were never going to hang out again it actually brought you closer together that's why i'm interested in this i have no idea where it's going to go and i don't want to falsely encourage you down a path that is not good for you i will the good thing about me and where i am in my life right now is no one's gonna fuck me up like if it's bad it's not gonna happen you know right what are you thinking skylar I think, I think um, there's always. This is almost going to sound like a little like woo or whatever, but there's there's like 
always the you that you describe yourself as and the you who talks you out of things. But there's also the you who exists in the moment mm-hmm. with another person. So and, true. And that... Um, the way you behave in the moment and the way that this guy behaves in the moment can totally affect and impact like this thing happening for down the road. So um, framing both of your guys as attachment styles and framing both of your guys as um, just personalities as already at odds um, doesn't necessarily mean that mean when that you all hang are. out. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I agree. Wait, wait, what? I'm like not following. I see. Okay, so I understand what you're saying, Skylar. I, I think what he's saying is that you can talk a game one way or the other. You can say all these things and this is who I am and this is me and this is me. But you guys are hanging out. Like you exactly. guys, you can't intellectualize the fact that you're just fucking hanging out. I know. And that you you both said we should never hang out hang out again and it led to you hanging out again. And you're liking hanging out. Yes. The thing that's fucking crazy though is it's super fun to hang out with him. We have a great time. But the thing that's scary about avoidant people is they can be so loving and available and fun and then just need a lot of space sure. and then be very loving and fun and then need a lot of space. It's just kind of like it's painful. I don't know. Totally. Here's the thing. I don't know. We don't know he's it's avoided. Too, it's, well, we don't know that he's avoided. To yeah, label someone avoid. No, you, I don't you, know. You I don't also, know well enough. That is like a I pathologize all the you time. You pathologize avoidant behavior a lot. And all that's kinds your of behavior. Go-to. No, but I know. But that's the big one. That's true. Which I get I have a lot of experience in it. Same. And I think that's yeah. the number. I think that's the the thing that we're the most afraid of is like i can't get burned again by that person especially because type. i'm 36 and i've dated the same person yes, again and again of course, and i feel like course. a dumbass yeah but, yeah by the way i i totally get it that's yeah. how I, I think that's the majority of dating is is he going to be an avoidant like right always if it's, it's a all, straight guy exactly your chances are exactly high, especially the so, older you get uh but we don't know for a fact yet um, that well, that's he this said, guy's deal because needing space and being avoidant that is two different things that being said everyone's needs are different I need a lot of contact and I need a especially lot especially early out. on I think now I'm not saying that about you I'm saying that in general I think that's that when what you're I first, need period when you're but also when you're first getting to know someone you don't want to feel like they're slipping away when you haven't even built the foundation. I just have learned about myself that like my love language is quality time. If someone's not available, it's not the right person for me. And that doesn't make me needy or them whatever. No, no. But if somebody knows that they are the kind of person that needs a lot of alone time, then that is not right for me. Like, you know, and that's not something that We'll see. Whatever. We so anyway, see. Carrie, because I'm like, oh, my God, am I making bad choices? Anyway, I think I I am. Whatever happens, I'm really proud of you for stating up top where you're at. Thank you. And I don't think that's I, I not only do I not think it's easy. I don't think everyone does that, even if they've dated a lot. I don't think that people are in this place of just like, this is fucking me. Like, well, I, don't I only think did that Jamie, because I thought that it would never work with him. So I, I know. overshared. But that's also a sign that it could. That's why I'm hopeful, because every time I've ever been in a situation where I'm like, oh, this fucking guy, they end up being like great. You know, that allows you to kind of just be yourself because you feel like the stakes are low and then you realize, no, actually, like they're just a fun person to hang out with and I can just be myself around them. All I'm saying is I'm crushing, but like we he slept over and I haven't heard from him since Thursday. Trust me, if I I'd be in the same place. I'm like your phone's fucking international. You know, his birthday is on Valentine's Day and I'm not going to text him. Okay, you definitely don't have to. I'm not going to. I haven't heard from him. No, I'd be the same way. Who were you this week? 
Um, well, a little bit of like a reverse Charlotte, uh, which sounds like the worst sexual position of all time. <laughs> sounds, uh, sounds incredibly boring, even when it's reverse. <laughs> Just it's like still going boring. straight to bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I well, okay, so I go to this gym where it's a small group fitness, like little classes, small, small group classes. Um, but like kind of the main hook of this gym is that they do like a weigh in every week and they like track your food. And it sounds really brutal, but it's actually really encouraging. Cool. And it's actually it's the opposite of triggering. It's mm. got me to like have a really healthy relationship with food. Good. I have not been dieting since I've gone there. That's great. I eat whatever I want. I'm relaxed about food. I'm rela- relaxed around food. I'm relaxed on vacation. Good. I don't use That's terms huge. like cheat meal anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really helped me a lot. Last week when I weighed in, I was I was seven pounds heavier than I was the week before. And I was like, how that did seems I gain like a huge seven pounds in one week? I was like, I and I don't like, know. Take off your Doc Martens. Listen, I did get my period and I'm sure there's like water some weight. kind of water weight bloat, what have you. But regardless full, seven pounds of blood a blood yes yes i'm just a sack of <laughs> blood. A blood bank yeah no holding, uh, bloat is what i said but yes you were holding a seven pound weight yes yeah exactly um but you no. got a tampon and then you only gained six pounds mm, yeah oh my god uh, that yes i have very very so heavy what was it well i don't know but the point is that old me would have been charlotte when she was at the day spa or where, whatever that was, when she was in the, the sauna room, spa, yeah, yeah, and she was like really self conscious, and she would like not take her towel off, and she like hated her body and all these things. And I was really proud of myself for not letting that ruin my week. I really just had a moment of like, huh, seven pounds, okay, and like that was kind of it. I was like, I feel good. I feel like I look good. I like my weight. I feel really healthy. I'm working out a lot. And I, yeah, I just felt really proud of myself for not, a. it's interesting because I think that weighing yourself, I have so many feelings about like, I think people should get rid of their scales. I think scales are bullshit. I think they make you crazy, all these things. But then at my gym, they're like, well, we actually have a lot of other reasons we weigh you and it's a whole system and an algorithm. I'm like, whatever. Okay. I'll just like go with it. And it's actually made me really detached from the numbers on the scale because now my focus is like on like strength and like just feeling good and eating a balanced diet so i like the idea of a scale where you step on it and just like different fun little emojis come out you have no idea they really honestly they should have that they should have a scale that no matter what it like plays fun songs yeah (laughs) and it's like an arcade game just like yeah go it's like you're an adult go go Jamie go (laughs) yeah uh, that would be great I would love that but uh, yeah no anyways I I just you is smart you is kind yes I would love that oh my god it would be so comforting but that's yes, awesome, James. So that's that, huge I progress. Just, I feel like my whole life has been, uh, you know, dieting, yo-yo dieting, weird binge and restrict patterns, and uh, I finally feel like I'm kind of on the other side of it. And I think I've plugged this before on the podcast, maybe in our horny fours, but anyone who is listening who struggles with weight issues, food issues, not weight issues, meaning size, I mean like, you know, mental issues around weight. Anyone who struggles with that, um, there is a really great meditation pack with Headspace uh, called Coping with Cravings. And I know that sounds really diety, but it's actually a really calming uh, meditation series that just kind of 
recalibrates your relationship with food and kind of gets you back to that like childlike place of just like whatever you're hungry for that's what you should be eating and it it allows you to be really in tune with your body about what you're hungry for and it, it kind of takes away the shame even the word cravings I think is kind of a shamey word um, but the pack is really good and it's on Headspace and I believe it's a 30 day pack and it, it was just really, really helpful for me. And yeah, it's just chilled me the fuck out. So I hope uh, this wasn't triggering for people and I maybe should have had a trigger warning just in talking about anything related to food and dieting. But um, it's something I'm passionate about. And yeah. she went from Shamie Lee to Jamie Lee. Yep. There you go. Well, I'm really happy to hear that. You're you. absolutely stunning. But um, That's really nice. I'm glad to hear the craziest thing about food and bodies is every woman I know, all my female friends are fucking stunning. And I don't know one person, myself included, that doesn't have body dysmorphia. Exactly. It's a fucking disease. It is and a disease. Any, any progress should be rewarded. And, and yeah. I'm happy for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And yeah, um, you know, listeners, you know, if you're if you're dealing with it, which, you know, if you're a woman, I'd be surprised if you weren't in some capacity living in America. It's like maybe Helen Keller didn't. Deal yeah, with it, I, like I really else. don't know. But, um, you know, always feel free to like DM us your thoughts and feelings about this subject because it's very near and dear to me. And I have a lot of thoughts and I don't know if any of them are. They're definitely not <laughs> medically backed. I am not a nutritionist or a therapist, but I will definitely hear you out. So, yeah, that's it. Awesome, Let's James. get into the app. Uh, season three, episode 12, Don't Ask, Don't Tell. This is a fucking doozy. This is, yeah, I mean, I, I've said it before. Season three is... Season three is the fucking season. It's the season. I'm it's excited. The season. Everything is happening. Guys, buckle it is plot, up. plot, plotty, plot, plot. I hope you have some wine open. I hope mm. you're like sitting and just ready to dive in. The in the bath. Fork, knife, let's go. So it's it's the Charlotte friggin' wedding episode. <laughs> oh, ooh. Jamie's voice is really good, it's by not, the way. It's not. It, it's beautiful. No, it's only if it, if it's if I can keep it in my throat, it's fine. But when she goes, two best to, like, friends, whenever we no, listen to the song, I'm like, horrible. she's got a good voice. No, it's not good. So things kick off with Miranda on the hunt for a plus one. Oh, my God. This is such a funny oh, thing. It's amazing. She tries her luck speed dating, but unfortunately, every eligible guy that sits down is intimidated by her Harvard Law degree and legal career. So she lies. She makes herself more approachable by becoming a fake stewardess and lands a real date with an ER doctor named Harris. After the core four debate the pros and cons of lying to get a date at Charlotte's rehearsal dinner, Trey, Charlotte's fiance, stands to give a toast. It's sweet, but the real highlight is Caleb, his hot Scottish cousin who's in town for the wedding. Samantha chats Caleb up, or at least she tries to. His accent is so thick she can't really make out what he's saying. I thought he was hot, by the way. Did you? Did you think he was dorky looking? I honestly couldn't get past the accent, which was fucking hilarious. Skylar looks like he has an opinion. I initially thought he was Billy Crudup, and then he... Okay, that's what I'm saying. Also, Skylar, I feel like... Did you do any research on this guy? Is he actually Scottish? Do we know? I did. I I didn't. I should have. Okay, I well, loved I feel his. Like we can I pull it up. I will pull it up. But okay, I, I also just. Know. I just loved his. It almost. I thought it, that was funny. It was whole, amazing. His whole performance seemed as if like the note was like say a word in all of your Scottish gibberish that you're just gonna toss out, which I loved yeah. so much. Yeah. Uh, no, it was it was fantastic. Anyways, keep going. So later at the fitting for their bridesmaid dresses, the core four bat around the idea of Carrie fessing up about her affair with Big. It's over between them, but keeping it from Aiden is eating Carrie up. I'm thinking I have to tell him. Tell who? Aiden. 
I might have to tell him about the thing with Big. Why would you do that? Oh, I don't know. Maybe because uh, relationships are supposed to be built on trust. No offense, honey, but I think that ship has sailed. Carrie, you're right. You have to tell him, but not before the wedding. It's supposed to be my week. It's your day. You get a day, not a week. There's no reason to tell him. Men lie about this stuff all the time. And women find out. No. What if he finds out? He didn't find out that you were fucking big all over Manhattan. Why should he find out now that it's over? Could you please not use the F word at Vera Wang? I, I gotta tell you, if it was me and my boyfriend was sleeping with somebody else for three weeks, I I'd want to know about it. I I'd want to have all the information. That might mean more coming from someone not posing as a stewardess. Mm -hmm. What are you talking about? Nothing, sweetie. Just at your wedding, we all have to pretend Miranda's a stewardess. Mm -hmm. It's my day. And I don't want to pretend to anything, and I don't want you and Aiden fighting. Don't you think this could stand to be a little shorter? Samantha, all the skirts have to be the same length. Really? What about Trey's skirt? It's a kilt, and it's tradition. Is it so much to ask that you not wear your dress up around your see you next Tuesday? My what? <laughs> see you next Tuesday? Oh my god! Was that a schoolhouse rock I missed? <laughs> okay, I have to say something about this clip. Mm. Charlotte is played for laughs. Her What she wants is always like a funny joke. But actually, I think they're all being very selfish. If I it agree. were my wedding and all of my bridesmaids were talking about their problems, I would be very hurt. You hopefully get married one time, maybe two, three max. And it should be about you. It's like having your birthday and having everyone just talk about themselves. It's like, yeah, maybe it sounds selfish that she's asking, but, and even Samantha trying to get the dress shorter. It's like, this is not your fucking day. Yeah. Um, what do you think? You're very pro bride for saying that, which is very nice. I, you know, I, I related to Samantha. I definitely agree with everything, everything you're saying. I think everybody, I mean, in general, all of the girls, whenever it comes to, Charlotte wanting to talk about wedding, her wedding or wedding planning. They're all just kind of like, oh, next. Like they really don't support her. And there's a lot of bitterness and I guess jealousy. Oh, maybe. I think you're right. Um, I think you're right about but that. But I will say the thing with Samantha is relatable. I would never say it out loud to a bride if I were a bridesmaid. I want to be clear. But I think that Samantha is saying what a lot of people are thinking when it comes to bridesmaids dresses. I think that. You know, I, I was in one. I might have told this story on the podcast before, but I had to wear one that was T length and I had no T length. T -length. And I, I, didn't, I didn't know that was I didn't know what that meant. Mm -mm. Um, I thought that was like just midi? another code. Yes, I thought it was code for sort of like cocktail length. I really didn't know what it meant. Mm -hmm. And so when I got my dress, uh, it got it in the mail and I tried it on. I was like, oh, this is, I guess this is meant for a taller person because it kind of goes. It looks frumpy. It goes down to like right before my ankles, like right above my ankles. It's so it's just kind of an odd length. And by the way, this was in like 2009, which maybe that's more of a popular length now. I just feel like everything's in style right now. So I'm like, if I saw that now, I'd be like, maybe yeah, it's sure. half the way through your calf. Right. This was longer. So I tried it on. I was like, oh, I have to get this tailored. And I just thought, oh, I'm just not a tall person. So that's what I need to do. So I went and had it tailored. Cut to, 
I see a photo from the wedding, you know, bride in the middle, all of her girls on either side of her. And my dress is significantly shorter than everybody else's. And it's because T length is the length that I got originally. And I didn't even register that that's the length she wanted. And I felt really bad because when you look at her pictures, my dress is like significantly shorter than everybody else's. And in retrospect, I just felt like a complete asshole. It was an it was an innocent, honest mistake, but I should have checked with her first. Listen, everyone listening to this podcast has been a bridesmaid. And here's the thing. Personally, the last few weddings I've been to as a bridesmaid, I was able to choose my dress. And that was fucking awesome. That and I is got such cute a things nice that I trend. can wear. That's a newer thing, though. But even if I had to wear some stupid fucking dress that I didn't like that much, if it was a really close friend, I would complain about it to other people. But I wouldn't be doing it during wedding stuff. I just don't think it's nice you of can't. them. Especially like, and then Carrie talking about like telling big. I mean, I do think that's kind of self-centered. It's just, it's just taking all the, it's just taking all the attention away. Yeah, it's also like when when Charlotte says don't use the F word in Vera Wang, when I first heard that, I was like, oh, Charlotte, shut the fuck up. But then I was like, actually, the undertone of that comment makes sense. Like she's really, listen, when you're getting married, one of the only things you have to cling to with weddings is the fantasy of it. And a lot of it is the fantasy. And that's kind of, it's kind that of the fun of it. Feel, yeah, it is. And that, and that can feel sort of like embarrassing to admit. But you have to understand that that's kind of like the one thing everyone really wants. It's like, I finally get to read the bridal magazines now. I finally get to go to that store where all those beautiful white dresses are and I get to try one on. The fantasy is kind of the reason to have a wedding, honestly. Like, it's the most fun part. And so if you have people who are sort of putting a stain on the fantasy elements of weddings... It's like, ah, oh, guys, you're. it's almost like Dungeons and Dragons. It's like you're not playing the game right, guys. Like, you shouldn't be swearing and being negative and talking about cheating. Like, you're just killing the whole vibe that I'm trying to achieve. And I'm sure the argument there would be the bridesmaids being like, well, sorry, life doesn't stop just because you're getting married. Which is very selfish. And I think that, honestly, life kind it's kind of part of being a bridesmaid is you have to pretend like life does stop. And... There are arguments that I could make against that and for that. I think it's just kind of the nature of being a modern You know what bride. I think? I completely agree with you, Jamie. And this is what I think. If your best friend invited everyone to go to Disneyland for their birthday and you didn't love Disneyland, it would be very rude to spend all day being like, Ugh. this place is a piece of shit. It's so expensive. I hate this ride. It's Fuck like Mickey. Yeah. It's just like, it's not about you today. Just be cool. I just think it's just not very nice. And Charlotte's the dork and they're the cool girls. So they're being the cool girls. And I think at first watch, you watch this clip clip and you're like, oh, there goes the dorky traditional Charlotte. But then you watch it again and you're like, you know what? It's just unkind. Yeah, it is. I think that in this case, what's interesting is Charlotte is kind of always in getting married mode. Her personality is very lead up to the wedding all the time. That's true. To the point where they are probably desensitized to comments like, please don't use the F word in Vera Wang because it's the only way they can cope with being friends with her. The Pollyanna shit is fucking annoying. If she just did that around her wedding, they'd be like, guys, it's Charlotte's wedding. Like, we got a rally. That's interesting. And, but it's like, Charlotte's wedding is happening all the time. Charlotte is a bride but all not the time. really. Now it's really no, happening. No, no, exactly. But I think it's a little, like, boy who cried. Bride wedding. Wedding. Yeah. That's true. 
Yeah, you have a point. It's interesting. I think they're a little worn down. By I also her. think you brought up something interesting that I didn't think about, which is so fucking obvious. But I was like, oh god, they're they're just always these hip, cool girls, and they they don't need these traditional things. But at the end of the day. There's something to the fact that she's getting married and none of them are. And as much as they think she's superficial or this or that, there has got to be a part of each one of them that's like, she's like leaving the nest and like, we're going to be behind. Yes. There's got to it's be that. Unspoken. It's unspoken. It's unwritten. But the vibe is there in this scene. Pretty well, hard. They're a foursome. Yeah. They're losing one of their best friends. I mean, that's for fucking real. Right. And also it's like when you really break down like Miranda's speed dating to try to get a date to the wedding, like they're not in the best and they're not. None of them are in the best place right now. No. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well, I've said my piece. Moving on. Same. After Samantha and Charlotte spoil the good fitting vibes, Miranda heads to dinner with Harris. He still thinks she's a stewardess. Flight attendant. We know that that's the correct term, but they use stewardess in this um, episode a lot. And she spends most of the date coming up with fun stewardess stuff that she definitely does all the time as a stewardess. It's such a hit that they have sex back at her place. Miranda with that little neck scarf. Oh, my God. Is dying. The most amazing thing. Uh, She's such a like long swan. She's like a beautiful goose. Yeah. Beautiful goose. I know. Beautiful red gooseling. Everyone catches up again for some pre-wedding drinks. Charlotte ends up getting way drunker. Also, Charlotte looks very beautiful in this episode. I have yes, to say. I love her face look I, gorgeous. Yes, and I love when she has wavy, kinky it hair. Looks gorgeous. Yeah. Charlotte ends up getting way drunker than the rest and lets it slip that she hasn't slept with Trey yet. She's been saving herself for marriage, which is kind of a big risk. I also think it's hilarious to be a virgin in your relationship so when you're not funny. a virgin. And they say that in this scene. It's so funny. They're like, but you're not a virgin. It's and she's so like, but I am funny. within this relationship. It's the best thing oh, I've heard. It's so funny. Okay. After the bar, Miranda sleeps with Harris yet again. And Samantha sleeps with her incomprehensible Scottish guy from the rehearsal dinner. Carrie heads over to Aiden's workshop where he's working away on Trey and Charlotte's wedding gift. He's building them a love seat from some flawed wood. <laughs> he is into flaws. So Carrie thinks maybe he'll be into her affair, too. That's a flaw. She almost tells him, but ends up having sex with him instead. I love the idea of like, you like flawed wood? I fucked my boyfriend. Is that cool? Is that a cool flaw? So yeah, I funny. have this flaw where I suck other guys' dicks. <laughs> I have this like cute little, little quirk. <laughs> where sometimes where I when you think sit I'm down. at the grocery store, I'm actually in a motel. Sometimes I sit down and there's a person underneath me. So still riding that alcohol high, Charlotte shows up at Trey's. They've waited this long. Why not just sleep together already? Today mm-hmm. is officially our wedding day. And I can't wait any longer. Can we please make love right now? Are you sure? Oh, yes, 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 I am. (laughs) Take me to your bedroom now. All righty, then. (laughs) That was unfortunate. Has this... Has this ever happened to you before? Every now and then. Oh. I just 
just didn't think it would happen with you. Oh. I mean, it's no big deal. Sometimes uh, intercourse just doesn't do it for me. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. You know, I can get the sails up. Just can't bring it into the harbor. Is there anything I can do? Yes, there is. What? You can marry me. Arf. Oh I'm already doing that. I love you, Charlotte. And sex is such a small part of it for us. Well, great love about you. It's not just about the sex. Okay. Not only is it not just about the sex, it's about no sex. Yeah. Tell me your I, thoughts, Jamie. Well, actually... This is kind of tricky for me to talk about because I have so many questions for the Trey problems storyline. Mm. Not just from this episode. This is clearly the beginning of what we see is like the demise of their sex life. Um, and I ha- there it, it there's a lot of twists and turns with the Trey storyline, and I don't want to do spoilers. But I just want to flag that I almost think we need to do a separate episode about or at least like a Trey corner, if you will, Ooh. where we just talk about this because it it takes it takes corner. on so so many things are coming up. Um, for those of you who've watched the show, you know, you know, like this there it's it starts with erectile dysfunction and leads to a bunch of other things. And it's just very complicated. There's so many things with Trey and he is such a loaded character. Um, so yeah, I just, I have a lot of thoughts that I, and I just, I feel like I'm in a bit of a trap because I don't want to say things about what's to come. No, don't say anything Yeah, so I'm going to try to just focus focus on on the ED of it all. Yeah. Okay. Uh, where, where are you at with it? Well, um, we're watching a TV show. It's not real people. We're on a fantasy, but a couple of questions pop into my mind. Such as like, has she ever given him oral sex? Has mm. she ever given him a hand job? Mm. Has she ever felt his hard dick? Like, I know that they haven't slept together, but there's a lot you can do before that. And if he truly has ED problems, mm-hmm. isn't this something you would have known even if you hadn't slept together? Uh, not with this personality type, I feel like. To your point a moment ago about how kind of confusing this storyline ends up getting. There is um, a handjob with Trey and Charlotte in another... Uh, in a previous episode? Yeah, in a previous episode already. Wait, so, what? Really? Yeah, it's not... It's said in dialogue. Carrie says that Trey got a handjob. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So he was able to come okay, from a so handjob. Okay, so we know he... Okay, so, I love this detective work that's happening right now. <laughs> Thank you, Sky. Yeah, okay. So but he says sex doesn't really do it for me. It also... This That's is a huge thing to say. Huge. This whole sequence is very confusingly written too, because he says that he um, he can get the get sails up. up. He just he can can't, get get up, he can't get into the harbor. Can't get into the harbor. I I almost. That's not ED, is it? N- well, yeah, it's he can get erect of, and then no. he loses it when he's inside it? of her. Yeah, oh, that God. could be just a full de- <laughs> deflating. <laughs> yeah, sorry, it's not you. You're like, uh, feels like me. Yeah, it feels like a balloon that just went like. Listen, I think the fact that he said anything could happen. You could have pre-wedding jitters. You could have whiskey dick. The fact that he, you know, if they just had sex, first time sex, and it couldn't go well or whatever, it wouldn't be a big deal. But the fact that he said sex isn't that important to me, doesn't really do it for me. That is a red flag. I'm not marrying you for sex. 
If you just had bad sex or couldn't do it one night, not a big deal. But when someone starts making these huge statements like sex doesn't really do it for me, it's not a big part of our relationship, you're setting the tone that this isn't just a one-time thing. This is a thing. Well, and it's also when he's like, I'm so happy that you're not whatever he says, you're not the kind of person who only cares about the sex or whatever. It's like, no, she was saving herself because she thought it would be romantic. But he sort of took it to mean, oh, she just doesn't care care that much about having sex. And it's like, no, hers was like almost like an act of foreplay, like a long, a long game foreplay. And he's kind of like, oh, great. She doesn't want to have sex. Like, that's that's my bag. And it's like, no, Trey, I think you guys are sort of missing each other there. Yeah. And I also think that it's a it's kind of a crazy assumption to be like, oh, I thought you just weren't that into sex. It's like most people are. It's kind of a weird leap. Yes. And. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. And, you know, I guess my mind again, I know certain things that are coming up, but I think that maybe from a writing standpoint, they're trying to paint this picture of like Trey is kind of a repressed sort of waspy totally detached from his feelings detached yeah kind of yeah he's just like not that in touch with himself and it seems like he really buries himself in work he's a doctor or surgeon is he a surgeon I think he's an yeah, ER surgeon. surgeon. Yeah, he seems really detached. Yeah, yeah, but he's also like he's romantic and he he's all about the gestures. But then when it comes down to it behind closed doors, that's the part that's confusing. Is that he's very romantic? It seems like he loves her. Yeah, yeah, and doesn't love her just on a like oh the, you know my wife like my ball and chain. He really is like romantic. Like he wines and dines her. Even like the way they met, he like swept her off the street when the cab hit her or whatever. Like, I don't know. I just, it is interesting that he can go there when he's not in the bedroom and then in the bedroom, he can't deliver. I, I it, It's just, there's a little bit of a disconnect there. I have a question. Was it, was it obvious to you all seeing this scene that the issue was ED? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Because my my read on the scene when I watched oh, it the first time, no, was that he couldn't come because the whole thing, the the line, I can get the sails up, I could just can't bring it to the harbor. True. True. That true. he couldn't climax. You mean exactly? And so I was kind of care about that. Yeah, but I but that's the thing that was that also made the scene confusing to me the first time through, where I was just like, oh, it it in the scene was not clear to me that the issue was that's that true. he couldn't get hard. It might be that I've just seen the show so many times, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I do know that that's what it is. I mean. Something else. But that's actually not what it is. That's not where this goes. It goes to, I mean, I I can sort of scratch the surface and say there's a bit of like an angel whore complex happening. Right. That happens later. Um, But this does. That's what I'm trying to say is that there there are a lot of different symptoms happening and they they kind of teach us about Trey as a whole. But I can't fully pinpoint what his deal is. Well, it's too soon Which is what makes him interesting. Exactly. It's too soon now to know. But this is something else that's interesting is like um, chicken or the egg. Who came up with the idea to wait until they got married to have sex? I think it's Trey because Charlotte has Mm. never not had sex with people before. And she goes, oh, we're waiting because, you know, it's romantic. Doesn't He doesn't want to be with somebody. To, I'm being a virgin for this. But I have a feeling we'd ha- we've never seen the conversation that Trey said, you know, it would be so romantic if we wait until we're married. So then, then he could trap her. Yeah, maybe. Because maybe. why would Charlotte just say that? She fucks all the time. 
Yeah, and she's also openly it's, horny. It's too convenient that she decided that at the same time she has a boyfriend that has I'm, sex problems. I'm liking this inference. Um, I always thought it was her that that set that up, but I have a feeling even if he didn't outright say, let's wait, she might have gotten a vibe of like, yeah, like he doesn't, he's not really trying, so maybe I can sort of couch that in this very romantic, romantic narrative. justification yeah what's the longest you guys have waited to have sex with somebody you were seeing oh mine's like two and a half hours just kidding <laughs> huh um couple weeks yeah yeah you? my like first serious girlfriend and i uh it was a couple of weeks for sure but otherwise uh, it's always been relatively early yeah what yeah. about you? I think same. Yeah. I've definitely... I don't think I've ever waited like a month or two months or anything. I have had, especially early on, oh, before maybe. the days of, you know, the awareness around terms like slut shaming, um, which thank God for that term. Uh, we needed it so desperately to justify how women were being treated. But in those days, I definitely had that charlotte thing of like i want to be a virgin within this relationship like that's very relatable to me mostly in like my high school and college years probably um i just thought that was like kind of a nice notion yes uh but it was coming from a place of slut shaming myself definitely being like oh we have to like we have to wait also it came from a little bit of what we were talking about earlier of the avoidant personality i'm like I've definitely dated guys where the second you sleep with them, they stop talking to you. That is a very relatable thing. It's very unfortunate, and it's happened multiple times. So I always was like, if I just don't give it up, then I can keep this going longer, which is fucking depressing. Yeah, I think the only time I ever waited a while was my very first boyfriend, and I was really horny and desperate too, but like... And we eventually did, but, uh, he, he just didn't, um, because like one night we were like sleeping at my parents' house one night we were at a wedding and then finally I was like, do you know how to sleep with me? And he's like, of course I do. We just haven't. And then we did also same boyfriend, my first boyfriend, he wrote, I love you in an etch a sketch and put it in the hotel and I didn't see it. And I just shook it and started doing something else. (laughs) He was really hurt. I didn't even see it. That's so funny. I did something like that once. What'd you do? Somebody was trying to ask me to a dance in high school and they wrote, will you go to a dance with me on a napkin? And like, I sat down. blew your nose into it? I like started fucking with it and threw it away. (laughs) I didn't see it at all. And then like my friend, my friend grabbed me afterwards, like when we were all like out of the restaurant, he was like, Skylar, Quinn was trying to ask you to go to the dance with her. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) I love Skylar and Quinn, these great names. I know, Quinn. Quinn. Skylar and Quinn. That's a YA novel. Beautiful. <laughs> okay, girl. Hit okay. Us. Um, where are we? Oh, back, back at Aiden's. Back at Aiden's, he wakes up to find an empty bed. Carrie disappeared to the steps outside to smoke and do some more debating about her confession. Aiden decides he can deal with her nicotine habit, and she decides that's all the acceptance she's going to get at the moment. She doesn't tell him, but guys, she really wants to. The next morning, Miranda accidentally slices her finger open, making a bagel. When she asks for Harris's help, big ER doctor that he is, she should be all set. Harris, however, turns out to be just as much of a liar as Miranda. He's no doctor. He's a shoe store manager with a stewardess fetish. And they're done. 
Miranda will have to go to the wedding solo. And I like that she doesn't tell him that she lied, too. I like that she lets him have the fantasy. It is hysterical. That's so cute. Yeah. And Aiden shows up to Carrie so they can head to Charlotte's together. He's in a flirty pre-wedding mood, but she's all guilt and stress. She finally comes out with it. Big, the three-week-long affair, her lying, everything. It's a bombshell, and Aiden takes off to deal. He's not going to the wedding with her after all. When Carrie finally makes it to the chapel, she's the last to arrive. As the ceremony gets going, Charlotte hangs back for one last chat with Carrie. She has to tell her about her and Trey's disappointing first time. And Carrie reassures her ED or erectile dysfunction is normal. And Charlotte loves Trey. That's enough for her. And Charlotte goes through with the wedding. Scottish bagpipes and all. Also, Miranda did end up finding a date. Stanford Blatch came through. After the ceremony, Aiden shows back up, moping around the chapel fence. He and Carrie have a talk. I walked around this walk for about an hour. Couldn't bring myself to go in. I'm so sorry, Aiden. I know. I never meant to hurt you. I know. But I did. be like the wood and that's my flaw and 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 you're the other wood and that that makes us stronger it's not that simple Carrie I just wish I didn't know about this I just wanted to be honest with you. When people make mistakes. I just know myself. This isn't the kind of thing I can get over. debate of to tell or not to tell ultimately I don't think you know I don't know because I I do think that I understand her argument of being honest and all the things but I do think that it wasn't I don't think she told him because she wanted to be honest I think she told him because the guilt was weighing on her and she wanted to absolve herself um, but I do think there's a selfish component to saying to someone I've been not just one time, but lying to you, sleeping with another person behind your back consistently for weeks and weeks. Um, yeah. What, sel- what is the selfish part of that? Just that it's really painful for the other person to hear that. Um, I, I think that and by the way, that I'm not saying that as a judgment. I don't think you're in a great situation either way. And I think that handling you handle it how you're going to handle it. It, The outcome is the damage is already done either way. Either it's going to be to your conscience or to them because they're going to have to hear. So 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 people are hurting regardless. But I think that in this case. Yeah. What was your what was your take on her telling him? 
Do you feel like it was good, bad? Do you- I think that there was bravery to it. Um, I think it's. I think that the way they played it, uh, that you know, she's like, "Oh, we could be like the wood." I'm like, "You knew he was gonna leave you." Like this guy, this is like a wholesome, you know, literally salt of the earth, woodworking, you know, kind of simple, sweet guy. Like he's gonna, you're you're done. Like you knew it was done. So I thought it was interesting that she had so much hope of like, oh, this could make us stronger. This could make us better. This could bring us closer together. Um, And I mean, again, now we're analyzing like they're real people, but I feel like the subtext to that is that she never really felt that close to him. And that was why she was like seeking this romance from big. And I think maybe she thought there's part of her that was like testing him by doing this to him and telling him like, ooh, what's his reaction going to be? Like, I think that Carrie at her core seeks excitement from toxicity. Yeah, I think that's for sure true. Um, I think that she did, you know, this is totally just everyone has their own take. I think that's the right thing to do because if somebody did that to me, even if it really hurt my feelings, I would want to know. It does build trust. I actually think it does because you know what? It does build trust. Some people get caught cheating. Yes. And then you would never trust them. But if somebody, if you had no idea and somebody said, you know what? I love you and I feel like shit. That would earn some points for me. Yeah, it does. I I think it says something about her character. It does say something about her character. I think it's just it. I know what you're saying because it just fucking sucks to be on the other side of that and find out. I I don't know. Also, I just think it's kind of the right thing to do. Unless it was like you were in Hawaii, you were on a press tour, you fucked somebody, you're never going to see them again. Totally. Then I don't think, honestly, totally. I don't think you need to bring that up in a relationship. I, th- you know, I think that's something you would take to the grave. Yeah. But I think in this particular case, it would be hard because... There's no real reason that Carrie did it. It's not like her and Aiden were fighting about whether or not they wanted to have kids or it's not like something had come up where like his parents rejected her. So she's like, am I even going to fit in this family? Right. Or they've there been was, married for 12 years and they're trying and they're to eat. Yeah, exactly. yeah, like there was really nothing. If they hadn't gone through like a no sex period, like there's really nothing that I, I can think, think of. That is, I think that what you just said is why I don't think there's a benefit in telling him. It's not that I don't think you should tell the person it's that i'm not really sure what the goal is for i think Carrie. it's to break up i think she kind of yeah same i think it's to break i don't i uh, think it's because he's a good person and she knows he deserves to know yeah and she knows it's what do you think skylar i was just gonna say i think that the one way in which there there was something for carrie in the affair with big was that big was for the first time in their entire history together telling her her. yeah (laughs) telling her the things that he want that she had always wanted to hear from him and so while it's still a a stab in the back to aid and it's still a cruel thing for her to do it was almost like a continuation of the previous relationship more so than it was as like active you're right. Lashing it out had against nothing to do Aiden. With Aiden. Yeah. It was some unresolved business. Oh, that's a great point. But you know what? This is a really, to me, a tough dynamic to use as a jumping off point to talk about cheating because I've said it's, it once. Yeah. I really don't feel like there is anything there between her and Aiden. I don't find a connection there. I, I think they're attractive people that like spending time together, but I don't feel much. And so 
I think it's a shitty thing to do to somebody, but there was never a moment that I felt like, wow, this is really a good couple. And I also think that to me, the reason she's with Aiden is because she's afraid to be alone a little bit. Agree. And I think that becomes really apparent in this scene because I, I was like, oh, yeah, like, I guess in a perfect world within this world, you know, you have the affair with Big, you're feeling really guilty. You know, maybe you need some time to yourself. Maybe you break up with Aiden because what happened with Big is a symptom that Aiden is not the perfect fit for you. But instead, she wants to keep Aiden. She also wants to keep Big. Now she's lost Big and wants to start anew with Aiden, but from this place of, like, radical trust. And that is, to me, that's that's a fantasy. Like, he, you're, you're breaking up with him. If you're telling him that you've been cheating and he's that kind of guy, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's like, okay, well, let's work through this. We're like the wood. Like, she's trying to almost simplify him by being like, you know, like, you're like a simple guy. Like, it's like the wood with the flaws. And he's like, no, bitch. Like, I'm not that simple. What you did was wrong. And there was really no excuse. She didn't say, like... Exactly. It's not like my mom died. I had an existential exactly. crisis. I spiraled. Exactly. There was almost no reason. There was no explanation beyond like that guy that you've met. Well, we were fucking for most of our relationship. To be perfectly honest, I feel like there's very rarely a time where I like have a big critique of like the content. But I do think this could and should have been a much deeper conversation where he said, why? What did I do? Oh, I would love a why. Is there something that would love happened? A why. Can you just tell me what was missing from us? Because if if nobody has ever told me that they've cheated on me, I don't think I've been cheated on before. And if I was, man, I'd have so many questions. The why of it is a would be such a simple ad. I I and wouldn't you want to know if somebody did something like that? Yes, I would. I would have so many questions, and I agree. I would love, and also. It would endear us a little bit more to Aiden if we saw him processing it. Like, because he's kind of a surfacey, their relationship nothing is so character. Surface. And, you know, he is kind of the stereotypical, again, like, you know, woodworking, like, simple forest creature. It would be nice for him to, like, kind of, like, give her a little bit of pushback. It was a very easy also, breakup. He's like, okay, I better I go forever. Know. He's like, I walked around the block for an hour. And, and I like, just, that's it? Like, also, you weren't angry. No. It's like, most people would be fucking I pissed. I know. I know. I really wanted him to have some dimension come out of this. And he was just flat. But you know what? Everyone reacts to like surprises sure. like this differently. And he could be the kind of person that's like... Silently dealing. Yeah, and he's not a big, passionate person, which is maybe part of the reason she's not as into him. And he's just kind oh, of like... it, it definitely I is. Have a, he's like, you crossed a line. It's unrecoverable. Um, but I do want to say, do you think you'd be able to take back a partner who had an affair? And I have to say, not in the context that happened in this episode, right? but I do think that you just never know. And if I was with somebody for 20 years and we had kids and we were going through a rough patch and I was on a trip and he was on a trip or something and something happened, I would, I would definitely consider it. I do think there's lots of different scenarios. There are so many. Yeah. I think... If things were going really well and there was a long-term thing happening, right. probably not. But you just goddamn don't know. Well, I mean, this is not the only affair we see on the show. There, you know, in the movies, there's we're dealing with an affair between 
um, Steve and Miranda. And I think that's really beautifully dealt with. And that's kind of more, it's weird to say, like a more classic cheating scenario, but it's more of what you're saying, which is like, shit they, happens. They have a relation, they've had a relationship for a long time. Things got a little stale, you know. Somebody he went had peeping. a one night thing. Yeah, exactly. That to me would be devastating, but a, a lot more forgivable because if somebody had like a corporal sin of the body, to me, that's like, okay, you had a, a and again, I'm saying this, I'd be devastated. Yeah, but of course. It's a lot different than somebody having a really close emotional connection for a long time with somebody yeah. who they were in love with. Well, that's why, I mean, that's the, I mean, yeah, that's, to me, that's the thing with Big, where it's like, this she was went sleeping on with somebody she loved so long, too. Like, it was going on for, I mean, we don't know how long, but it was going, it wasn't a one-time thing. And I think watching the affair, from our point of view, Aiden didn't get to see it. There's no way she was that into Aiden, I just don't think. I think a lot of that affair was that she was in a nice relationship that she just wasn't that connected to. She also, I mean, what a great deal. Like, she gets to, like, have all this passion with this guy who wasn't giving her that that kind of attention before. And she gets that, plus she gets to, like, go home to this dude who's, like, very safe. It's probably, like, being high. Total homebody. Yeah. She kind of gets, it's almost like she's supplementing she was supplementing her Aiden relationship with Big. It's almost like Aiden and Big kind of make the perfect guy. That's like the open relationship dream or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, well, the episode closes with Carrie getting back to Miranda, Samantha, and Charlotte for pictures. She may not have Big. She may not have Aiden, but she still has them. I got weepy in that scene. It was beautiful. And she's like, I you love know, when she's like, I told him. I know. And she's like, you're lucky if you found the one. I have these three people. And yeah. I was just like, Ugh, fucking love this show. Yes. Okay, so this brings us to the question of the episode. I started thinking about honesty. Maybe the whole idea was overrated. Maybe coming clean is the ultimate selfish act, a way to absolve yourself by hurting someone who doesn't deserve to be hurt. I cheated on a test in the fifth grade with two friends. They confessed, got grounded, and failed the class. I never told anyone, and it never mattered. In a relationship, is honesty really the best policy? I think that, again, we've said this before, but I, to my knowledge, I have not been cheated on, to my knowledge. But the people I know who were cheated on in the way that Aiden was cheated on, where it was like a serial thing that went on, and I know a few people oh, who this has happened horrible. to, um, one person who ended up getting divorced because of Did it. Did they think that they were in a happy relationship? Yes. Mm. They all thought that. It was sideswiped. Si complete, completely blindsided. Oh, whoops, sideswiped. Oh, no, I mean, I knew it was No, no, you said yeah, the right yeah. way. I didn't mean to correct you. It's a different you, right? car So you got T-boned? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a fender bender. We were ended. Um, but yeah, there, the car the, exploded. The repercussions of that, and, and these, you know, in the, in the people I know, my my sample population, the repercussions, they, they impact every relationship they have had since then. There is so, such a ripple effect. They're paranoid, neurotic. So neurotic, so paranoid, so worried, rightfully so, because their whole world was blown up. Like they had no idea. Who do you trust after that? Yeah. And I think that it takes a long, it takes work and it takes, you know, a lot of self-work, a lot of therapy to really get to a place where you can feel safe in your relationship again. And I guess that is why I feel like in this instance, I don't know that honesty is the best policy. I, I You think maybe she should have just broken up with him? I, yes, yes. Oh, I mean, that's how I feel 100%, that that would have been like the high road. The nicest way to yes, do it. Yes, yes. And, and because it's not that you shouldn't 
I hear say you. The I hear truth. you. I just what knowing is he getting what out of you're going to do to him later. That's interesting. I just think that is you don't want to ruin someone for you don't want to ruin someone before they can get into the right relationship. But for my only counter to that would be maybe by telling someone they can be on the lookout more for sure. somebody that's actually there for totally. them. Because maybe he had blinders in a relationship because not to say that. Okay, not to like victim blame, but maybe Aiden was in a relationship with somebody and not really seeing it clearly. Yes. And maybe that he has some some culpability for not. Okay, this is a fucking TV show, and I'm sure people have been blindsided. But I do think some people that have been cheated on are sort of in denial about it and kind of know Mm. and like just don't want to know. Yeah. And I think telling somebody if somebody's picking people that are wrong and they're getting cheated on right this could be an opportunity for you to be a little more vigilant going into your future if you're relationships. blinding yourself or if you're in yes. denial yes if you're picking people that aren't fully into you yes you know i i was i think i've mentioned it before but i was in a relationship where i was broken up with and truly had no idea that it was coming like sounds really very painful did not know happened over the phone it was very callous and i was just kind of like wait what like truly truly shocked um and the upside i don't know and i know i don't i wasn't cheated on again i don't don't think i was um but yeah i don't know what the upside of i don't know that it made me more vigilant going into other relationships i think it was just kind of like well that was shitty you know like i kind of like i think when you are in a secure relationship you know not that your past doesn't put some kind of filter on the way you see your relationship but i think that you know the signs are there that like okay like this is this is a this is secure this thing feels pretty steady and it takes time to build that like you don't have that immediately we're like this is great like that's that's where it's unhealthy but if you know they pass several tests you go okay well yeah you seem to be there for me I think as far as this question is honestly the best policy, I think this is in regards to cheating. That's what she's asking. Mm -hmm. I think as somebody who has very little experience with this, my gut reaction is yes. Also, somebody who loves Esther Perel, she talks about how it can actually help a relationship if it's just blowing it open and being like, that's like the Miranda Steve example. Yeah, but and I think in general, honesty is good, even if it's going to hurt someone's feelings, because you can't be close if you don't actually know how someone's feeling and what they need. And if everyone's pretending to be something to not hurt the other person's feelings, I don't think you can actually be that close. It sounds pretty lonely. So that's a great point. Also, I wonder if if there was a part of Carrie that thought in being honest, will this make Aiden and I I think that, yeah. It was never real. It was it the was most never real moment of their relationship. Yeah, and that's true. And it could have had an Esther Perel if they kind were actually of pivot meant to be. Yeah. where it's like, oh, holy shit, I didn't even know you were unsatisfied or I didn't know. Let's talk. Let's get, figure this out. I didn't know out. that this relation, this old relationship was like still haunting you. Like, yeah. let's talk about it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it could have been a jumping off point for them to get closer. They weren't supposed to be together. No. I mean, the only time, it's like, I even think my sister's really honest, like, if I don't look very pretty one day, not she'd be like, you look bad. But if I was like, should I wear this on a date? If she didn't think so, she'd be like, no. And she's the same with my creative work. If she loves something, she'd be like, I really like this. Otherwise, if she doesn't like it, she's like, that's not as 
good as your other. Yeah. And I appreciate it because then I know she's for real, you know? The only time I think it's good to lie to somebody is if it's going to throw them over the fucking edge. Like, you know, if you have a girlfriend who think she's fat and she gained a couple pounds no you look exactly the same you look fine yeah. you know what I mean like, again I don't I think that honesty is the best policy in I think almost, with cheating it's yeah. such a different yeah I mean honesty is the best policy in life you you know that should right. guide you and you want to be a trustworthy person I just I, I think that it's very delicate in this situation specifically with Aiden not just with all cheating but with Aiden because I really don't know you that think he they got are, traumatized and got nothing out of it well, knowing where this where the show goes, I don't remember it. I can't wait. Yeah, I mean, I think it had a ripple effect with his other relationships and that kind of thing. Not that he can't recover, right? And also, like you said, there is a bit of like, oh, well, this cracked him open a little bit. I think he was kind of coasting, and because we're all delusional in some way. And, yes, and I do think if you're a person like say like I've met people who've been cheated on multiple times. There's something that they're not seeing, you know? Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. And there, and that maybe is a benefit to what Carrie did, which either way, a huge act of bravery. Listen, that is not an easy thing to do. I think we've talked about it once. We've talked about it again. You know, relationships are fucking complicated. Yep. You don't know what's going on in one if you're not in one. And there's stuff that... You just don't know. I mean, in, in these super long relationships, who fucking knows? And maybe there's some time. I think if it's something that meant goddamn nothing and it was a huge lapse of judgment and it'll never happen again. Right. I don't know if you need to tell that. Person right. No, that. this was like a stain on her record that she was like, I cannot she like had a second boyfriend with this. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Okay. And also, if that ever happened... If I was ever in a situation where I literally had like a second relationship going on, I would definitely just from a pure standpoint of like, I have to get this off my I, I wouldn't be able to walk around with that. You know, what? I couldn't walk around with just like, oh, I have a second relationship happening, especially if somebody's so nice to you. Ugh, you yeah, just feel be, terrible. I, it would be horrible. It's also so wild when that happens, though. Like I, I growing up, I had a, a family friend who whose father, it came out later, had a second family. Yep. And I wild. never understand how a person can go through their day compartmentalizing uh, same, like that. Same. That's the part crazy. that is so creepy. It's kind of yeah. like you're you're living the punishment anyway because exactly. just living with it is exactly. so bad. Exactly. Yes, that's so true. Okay, well, this brings us to our last segment. Uh, Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show, so we end each episode by sharing what we are currently horny for. Rose, what are you horny for right now? Um, I'm horny for this really interesting article I read in The New Yorker about James Corden. Um, it was a profile on him, and I don't watch a, I don't have cable, so I don't watch those shows. I don't watch The Late Show. I certainly know who he is. But the best thing that the New Yorker does is profiles and they just make people so interesting. And he's had a really fascinating life and he's so talented. And his um, career is amazing. His career is amazing. I had no idea he was like this incredible, like iconic uh, actor, comedian in, in London. He was like he created like their equivalent of friends. Yeah, he's like a genius. The Gavin, um, Gavin and Stacey. We, we both have some friends that work for them. Nate Fernal, whoop, whoop, Sean O'Connor. And uh yeah, if you just want to to hear uh, to to read about the background of like a cultural icon, it's it's just a great read. So that's my that's my recommend. What's what's your horny for this week? I guess my horny for right now is probably the new season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. It is very funny. Oh, I can't wait to watch. It's just great. I really enjoy it, and I also enjoy 
Specifically, I enjoy the fact that Larry David has an ability to tackle like the subjects you're not supposed to tackle in a way that it's almost like no person is safe. No subject is safe. It's like South Park. It just is refreshing to be like, you know what? He makes it impossible to get offended. That's awesome. Because he's 10 steps ahead of you. And what a superpower. It's a superpower. And it's also just refreshing in a time where, you know, it's cancel culture. Everything's so tense. Everything's so sensitive. It's nice to just watch someone who's like, yeah, no, I know all that's happening. But this is the show I'm going to make. I'm going to watch it tonight. Big ups. Yeah, he's he's a fucking genius. Anyways, okay, guys, that's our episode. Thank you so much. Love you, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod. And follow my co-host, Rose Cerno, on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host, Jamie, at ReallyJamieLee on Instagram and at TheJamieLee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app if you're nasty. It helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You're nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. And mastered by Anna Rubinova. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. (coughs) Beep, <coughs>